You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best-selling book, The Power of PR. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. I apologize if there is an echo. I'm still in the room with echo that I will eventually leave and go and, and go and stay in a house that has much less echo in it so that these podcasts can sound a little bit better than they do right now. But I really wanted to speak to this guest, so I didn't want to wait um, and do it with all of the others. So I have somebody with me today that I've been working with for the last year and a bit, really. And um, she's an amazing person, does brilliant things with memberships. And she had her confidence knocked a while back. And it's been amazing to watch her journey from, you know, really doubting herself to realizing that she's brilliant at what she does. And I know that there's so many of you out there that have had your confidence knocked in one way or another. You know, life does this to us all the time. And so I really wanted you to learn from Sam about what she learned about herself, because I think it's important to all of us. So welcome, Samantha Hill, to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> it's great um, to be here. So let's just start with where you were. So you were working for lots of different people at the time, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I was working in like small and big memberships, um, managing communities. Yeah, and you were known for that. Like, I know you were behind the scenes, but people kind of knew what you were doing and and that you were, you were helping people with their memberships. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm quite visible in what I do, like in other people's memberships. So people didn't necessarily know me for me. They know me for being in other people's membership. Community. Yeah. And what, what kind of stuff were you helping with the memberships? Like what kind of stuff were you helping? Like, did you go in and do all the back end stuff or what was your bit? Yeah, so pretty much everything, really. Um, I'm like the secret behind it. So I was doing all of the admin, all the customer service, um, running all of the like tech behind the scenes of the memberships. And I was really hands on with all of the community people as well. So I got to know people really well. In, yeah. In- and, and I think that's brilliant. I think people don't realise that when you have a membership, it is rarely the person, especially with a bigger company, um, and a bigger name it's really the person that is running the membership that is actually running the membership there usually is a secret behind the membership in my membership it's it's Sam and Shelley that are running it and you know they're the people that do all the great work and make it what it is and I show up and I think that's the same in quite a lot of memberships and people don't realize it and Sam really was that I knew her back then she really was that <laughs> the secret behind all these brilliant memberships so what were you feeling confident then when you were doing these jobs were you confident then or did something happen to make you not yeah I was growing a new business and I was really confident I'm quite a bubbly outgoing person anyway and I love supporting people so yeah I was really confident then and then I wasn't (laughs) what happened I know you can't tell us everything and I think it wouldn't be the right thing to what kind of thing happened 
that to make you not feel confident anymore so as I said I was part of big communities where I wasn't really known for me I was known for those people um and then I was not in those communities and I left my confidence just went because I was convinced that I wasn't very good at what I was doing and I was only known for them and not me uh, and it just I become somebody I didn't really recognize to be honest and a lot of horrible things were said to me that other people didn't know and I couldn't discuss anything and it just wasn't very nice that I yeah. think online business world is not very nice sometimes well you know that I talk about this on here all yeah. the time how it can be like Definitely. that and I think that this is something that happens sometimes where we allow external validation to decide who we are so somebody suddenly says we're not very good at our job or when we're not a nice person or they don't want to work with us or any of those kind of things and we can make it mean more than it should mean because yeah. we don't really know why people's actions are like somebody could have told you you're not very good at your job when really it could have been because they were threatened by how good you were at your job you know there's a million reasons why people say different things and make you feel less than and it's generally not always but generally not about us when these things happen it's usually about something that's going on with them but unfortunately it can leave us feeling less confident because of that external validation that we're used to so what happened to you during that time of not feeling like yourself? I hid, <laughs> essentially. So I didn't speak to anyone. I stopped posting on social media. I lost confidence in what I knew. So I didn't believe myself anymore. I think having the external validation, like you were saying, like that really affected me. Like I needed someone to tell me that I was good at what I was doing and that wasn't happening. So I just convinced myself in my head that that was it. And then I stopped. I stopped doing anything, which, yeah, had detrimental effects on my mental health and on my business as well. Yeah, it can. Right. No, I mean, it massively can affect your mental health because when you stop working and you stop doing the thing that you loved, it can it can really affect you. Yeah. And it's really hard to get out of. Like, if we're honest about it, when you're in that kind really of... Hard. Yeah, no, when your self-esteem is low and you're in that kind of funk and especially like like you said you couldn't really discuss it with anyone because there's always some kind of NDA or you know like this going on and whether it's a, a client mental relationship or whether it's a, an employee relationship or whether it's a freelance relationship there's usually an NDA involved and so when these things happen you can't talk to anyone about it and so you just start convincing yourself more and more that actually yeah. you are the bad person so what when were you able to start thinking hold on I need to do something about this. Something needs to change, otherwise it's going to really affect my life. I got to January last year, so January 2022, and I was like, right, okay. I was still, like, my confidence wasn't there at all, but I needed somewhere else to go to help with that, like, building that back up or just believing in myself. So I'm a big fan of people, like, having the right support around you. And that's when I decided to come into to DI with your lovely self. Um, and that was a changing point for me, having that support around you of people that understood but it took a long time. It wasn't just a, I'll oh, come into DI and my my confidence was back. It, it's It's been a long journey. Yeah, it has. What yeah. steps did you take internally to change your belief system around who you were? 
um, I really had to kind of have a word with myself a lot. <laughs> I've done a lot of work on myself this year. I've tried everything from journaling to, you know, I started doing art again because that helped me forcing myself to reach out and actually talk to people and stepping out into like networking. I remember that the first meetup I think we had in DI for London you didn't I come. Meant to come and I couldn't because my anxiety at the time was so bad and my confidence had been like trodden down that I just couldn't even go on the train yeah. and so I think that was a turning point for me because I felt like networking like fills my cup up and I couldn't come and it made me really sad so I then started reaching out for help and, and I, I encourage you to talk to somebody like so I spoke to you and you know and I've worked through things that weren't my fault and started slowly but surely starting to believe in what I was doing but yeah it's it's been a lot of self-work and I hate that like I always listen to people saying you have to work on yourself Sam and I'm like really yeah, but you do you but really you do, do. And I never thought it would affect my business so much. Like I just didn't, when I come into business, being I've been self-employed for 15 years and I never thought I'd have to work on myself so much. And coming into DI, I thought it was going to be like, just work on your business and it'll all be okay. <laughs> it's always about working on yourself. Yeah. It doesn't matter what strategy you have. If you don't work on your belief systems around yourself and, and what you can do and you would there will be people listening to this right now who have the strategy they know they're good at what they do they know they can do it but they have a belief system about themselves a narrative in their own head that is telling them they're not good enough and that might have come from a parent when they were younger it might have come from an ex-boss like mine was it might have come from bullies online it could be anything that makes you feel less than and we don't realize an effect that can have but what I love that you've done and what you're teaching people here is that if you do start working on yourself and whether it's journaling, you know, different things work for different people, whether it's talking to a group of people, whether it's working out what you do love about yourself, not just what you don't like about yourself, yeah. but there are things that we all like about ourselves and, and remembering those things and giving ourselves a different story, a different narrative to put in place. It doesn't, it's not an overnight thing, as, as you know, no. it takes some time, but it makes a massive difference. And you are a different person today than when I first met you. You're so confident. You know what you, what you do and you know you're really good at it. And I think that that takes work. And I really wanted to honor that, that you've done that work and that you have come out the other side of it. And you're now, you know, you have this brilliant business. And I want to talk about that business because I know that there's, people that need your help with that business as well. So you help people with memberships now, and you actually have a membership, don't you? A lot yeah, finally. <laughs> finally, she has a membership. She needed a membership the whole time. And what's the membership called? Uh, the Membership Membership, which you named. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of named with you, but it's, uh, I, do, I do love the name. So the Membership Membership. So you help people who have memberships to do what? So I help them retain and grow mostly. Um, I do help launch as well, but the retention piece is so important. That's what I learned over years of working in, in communities and memberships. You can 
you can do as many launches as you like and get as many people in. But if they don't want to stay, then it's just a roller coaster round and round of doing it. So if you can work on the retention side and get that piece uh, right, then you'll last. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, what do you see as the biggest reason that people aren't retaining their members? Overwhelm is the biggest one. So people throw the kitchen sink at their memberships. Um, I I did that. In the first year of of business, I was like, well, if I just give them more and more and more, and everyone left. So I was like, hold on, what's happening? Yeah, because you're confusing them. So if you you think to yourself, like, you've got a business owner that needs help, but they don't really know what they need, and they're coming into a membership, and then it's full of stuff, and they don't know what to do with it. Like, we only ever remember, like, what we did last month. Like, not, you might have someone in your membership for six months, they'll leave because they haven't had value for that last month. Like people don't remember what they're getting out of it. So you need to have like a clear roadmap in your membership. Don't throw the kitchen sink. Like most memberships are low cost. So you don't want to be giving away everything because you want somewhere to go for, you know, with your business. Yeah. And that's another thing, actually. People often don't realize that their memberships can actually be a paid sales funnel for other programs that they have. Um, Definitely. Your membership, like people forget to sell in there. They're like the best people to sell to <laughs> because they already know, like, and trust you, like, which which you say all the time, you know. So it's an easy one to sell. That's the best way to make money. Yeah, it really is. And I think retention is a massive part of things. And I also think one of the things that people don't do is look at what's happening in the membership and evaluate it. So like what is happening that is good that people like, and this could be, you know, you could have surveys out there and all sorts of things, but basically looking at how things have changed because memberships that I saw working a year ago aren't working as well now. And and I'm not exactly sure why that is, but that's, I've definitely seen that out there with some of my clients are like, those the people loved it. And now they're kind of like, they don't love it quite so much. I think people, when you open a membership, I think people think it has to stay the same all the time. And I tell my clients, like, be open minded, like things can change, people change, like uh, circumstances change. And I think you have to change your membership with that. Um, If you're not evaluating it, then you're never going to know what's working and what isn't. And I think we're very quick to see the good things and we don't want to see the bad. So we ignore them. Yeah, (laughs) actually, that's the bit you need to know. And you almost need to create a community where they're happy to tell you what's wrong as well. How do you create a community like that? Well, you need to be really open with them and know that, you know, you're not going to treat them differently if they tell you something bad. Or like I saw a really good example of this in a, in a membership I've done an audit on recently. And they in their welcome video, they actually said, like, if you've got any problems, please reach out to us. Like make it easy for people to tell you what's wrong. Uh, and then they will. Yeah, they will. And that's okay. Like, take that yeah. on board as feedback rather than as criticism. Which yeah, is exactly. Easy yeah. To do. So you do audits on people's budgets. Yeah. What do you look for in the audits? Uh, so my audits, I look for all the good things first, because I think there's nothing worse than just going in and telling them that everything's wrong. bad. <laughs> yeah. So I, I look for the good things first. And then I look for um, onboarding is probably the biggest one to make sure that people are onboarding their clients correctly. A lot of the time it's missed or it's done and you never look back at it. Like you might have 
put your onboarding in place like four years ago and then never changed it. So I look at that um, offboarding uh, win back campaigns. People don't do those ever. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. um, if you had people leave your membership, the chances are they don't hate your membership. It's probably because it just wasn't the right time or they were overwhelmed. So invite them back. <laughs> and they will One of the things that we've just started doing in ours is because we realise that because I'm not constantly running the whole thing on my own anymore, there's not quite so much the personal touch that it had at the beginning. Like at the beginning of my membership, I had 500 people and I knew every single member. I knew what they did and I knew them. And because it's changed quite a lot, my business in the last few years, it's not exactly the same anymore. And I don't know every single person and what they do like that quickly. So Sam, who runs the membership, what he's now doing is when someone decides they want to leave, he's writing to them personally, not like a automated thing, literally personally, just sending them a quick message or email saying, I've got your thing saying you wanted to leave. I just wanted to see if there's anything I can help you with or if you couldn't find anything or if you can give us feedback. Just so there's that personal interaction there. And already that's helping. Like he's been able to point people in different directions and they've changed their mind and gone, oh, well, I didn't know that was there or I didn't know you were doing that. So actually, yeah, I'll stay in. Um, and often we, we forget just the basic things I did, you know, basic things that we can do just to check that people are happy. Yeah, I think um, the personal touch thing is massive. Like I've literally just been teaching this on my retention course and my membership is we forget like everything's automated now. Like let's just automate everything and it will save our lives. Like it's great. Automation needs to happen. But the personal touch goes a long way. Like if you can make someone feel like they're special and that you actually care, then they're going to stay. And as you say, that doesn't necessarily need to be you, because let's face it, as you grow a membership and it gets massive, there's no way you're going to be able to reach out to every, that's all you'll be doing. Like, yeah. So having someone like Sam there that like people know and we're all getting to know Sam more now because he's in there Um, having him do that, it takes what, five minutes. But that will have meant so much to that one person. Um, and I think we all need to remember that the members are people, Agree. Not, not another number on a stat that, you know. Absolutely. And that's why I think that the easiest way to show people you care is to actually care. Yeah, like actually care. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and it's, I think people start memberships to get recurring revenue, which is obviously you're the queen of. And we all want that, absolutely. But also, if you're going to start a membership, do it because you want to. Do it because you care about the members and what they're getting and, and you know, yeah. you want to serve them. Because otherwise, they're the memberships that aren't going to last. And if you think about it, there are so many good reasons for a membership. Like the reason that I started mine in the first place was because people couldn't afford to work with me in my other packages. So I was just trying to find a way. I was a very early membership adopter. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're talking nearly six years now. And, and yeah. I was thinking, well, how can I help people on a different scale, but still be a little bit of me? And that's why we started it, to help people grow. And actually, it's been brilliant for my business because people generally come into the membership, make some money in there by the things that they've learned from the trainings that I've put in there and then because of that they can then afford to come into my other program so it's a win-win situation to, yeah. to make sure that membership is really good and actually does help people 
Yeah, it's definitely a case of like, don't leave money on the table a lot of the time as well. Like I started my membership finally (laughs) after a year of thinking about it because of that reason, because I had higher ticket things that people couldn't afford. So the membership, but also like circling back on what you were saying about confidence, like my membership's given me confidence. Yeah. Like I feel like I've got a little tribe of people now that like know me. And so that's given them the opportunity, like, to get to know me more. And, and also it gives that... you the opportunity to get to know your ideal client more yeah. that's where they are. For sure. Yeah, exactly. Like, everybody in your membership that, that you've got, Lisa, it allows them to get to know you. And so then it's easier. It's an easier decision to buy more from you. So it's a kind of no-brainer, really, to have a membership in your business, I think. Yeah. I've loved having mine and there's been plenty of times when during strategy people have said you know it's probably not the best thing to have because you want to be a bit more exclusive now you know you don't want to be giving things for this kind of pricing and shouldn't have too much of you in it but I love it I love that these are people some of them that have been in there six years and have you know been cheerleading me that long like why would I get rid of that I think it's such a, a nice place to be and I always feel I've done wind down Friday and lunch with Lisa now for six years and every single week I can check in with my members. And if anything's going on in the world, like I can see how people are feeling really quickly because they'll tell me. So if they're worried about spending, I can see that beforehand. You know, during the pandemic, it was brilliant to have that connection with people when people were going through things. I just think it can be a great thing to do. And I'm so pleased that there are people like you that are helping people to have memberships and to grow memberships because they do change. And you're always like, you have the pulse of it. You know what's changing, what's not. Yeah. You've been in memberships for so long. And, and that's a brilliant thing to do. If people want to come and check you out, maybe they're thinking of having a membership or maybe they know they're losing too many people and they need to get some retention strategies in place. Where's the best place for them to come and find you? So Instagram. Um, I'm on Samantha J Hill on Instagram. Um, I've got a free Facebook group, the Membership Lounge. So come over there and have a chat with me. Find out all the details there. We will put those those little links in the show notes for you so you can go straight down there and have a look. But thank you for being here, Samantha. I can't wait to see what you do over the next few years Um, yeah it is really exciting and thank you everybody for listening and if you're ever in a position where you don't feel as confident as you used to be maybe something has happened could even be the pandemic that made a lot of people not feel as confident anymore perhaps something went wrong in business or perhaps somebody made you feel like you weren't worth anything well know that you can turn things around and you can get back to not just who you were before, but an even better version of who you were before, just by using some simple strategies, whether it's journaling, whether it's reaching out for help, which is an important one that not so many people do, whether it's doing some work on yourself, all of these things are going to help you get back there. And so please do, don't let yourself stew in a place where you're not feeling good enough. I will see you next week. Whatever you're doing this week, have an amazing time. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.